0: Lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The
1: Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show. We are live and on demand. Here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He is Todd Erzin. And he is Aaron McIntyre. You are you. Let us know who that is. And what you think about what we think by emailing the show. Steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Steve Dace Show, or go to places that don't censor us and likely won't soon be banning us, uh, MeWe Parlor and Gab, look for Steve Dace there, at Steve Dace Show on Getter, and then if you are a subscriber via the podcast here, please leave us a five-star review, and you're like, hey man, I'm I listen to the podcast, but I'm not yet a subscriber. Well, then please become one uh, because the more of you that do that, the more it helps our podcast to continue to grow. So many of you, thousands of you have done those things for us already. Thank you. Please keep those coming. And we appreciate each and every one of them. Is it wrong that I am getting some sick, twisted satisfaction that it is 50 degrees colder here in Iowa than it was 48 hours ago at this time? And... It's happening. Winter is roaring back just as I'm about to get out of here for the rest of the week and head to Florida for some vacation. Am I, is it sick, twisted, perverted that, uh, no, that I'm, that I'm actually enjoying that? No, yeah,
2: that's why you go in February.
1: I mean, it would have broken, it would have broken me if, if, if like we had gone last week and it was like 63 degrees or 5 degrees on Sunday like it was, right?
0: My consolation is that you have to come back. And I've been on a plane with you when you come back to winter and uh, you'll be broken eventually. <laughs> the
1: the the consolation is that's about the time the weather is going to be warming back up again is when we get back. Right. So we are on vacation after today. We're going to jam pack as much into today's show as we can. But we are on vacation after today and then we'll be back again on Monday. Um, also. You guys have heard me tell you and, and express a lot of gratitude and accolades about our friends over at Bilt Bar, right? A few. But last night, last night we might have passed the ultimate Built Bar test. So I've got a monthly poker game with some buddies I do at my house and we have been doing this now for almost 20 years, okay? Um, and if you win the previous month, you've got to bring... Uh, you know, refreshments, treats, whatever we're gonna we call them at our age. For, you know, grindage of Polly Shore is listening uh, for the rest of the group. Okay, that's you know. So you keep some money, but then you have to give some back. You know, you you handle food and drink next time, right? So I won last month, so this month it was my turn uh, to do that. All right, and you know I went and got pizza for everybody, but then for dessert, I kid you not, man. I put out the cookies and cream, the white chocolate cookies and cream built bar, the one of the specialty flavors. I don't know if it's still available, but they had it a few weeks ago, right? I put those things out. Not only were there no complaints, there was literally arguments about who was going to get the last couple of bars at the end of the night, right? If you can put a protein bar out for guests and they're like, that's tacky or they're not like that's tacky. What you talking about Willis, but instead are climbing over each other to get a sample of that. That is all the proof you need. When I tell you that this is not like any protein bar you have ever tried. They're like candy bars. Heck, they're better than a lot of the candy bars on the market. Certainly a wider variety of flavors than a lot of the candy bars on the market. And if you want to try them right now, all covered in real chocolate, loaded with flavor, Uh, and protein but not with sugar and carbs and calories Uh, use my last name Dace as your promo code to get 15% off your first or your next or next or next 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 order whichever the case may be just drop my last name there in the checkout Dace D-E-A-C-E to get 15% off for Built Bar when you go to built.com Promo code DACE for 15% off at built.com. All right, I mentioned a minute ago, we are going to try to jam pack as much stuff into today's show as we can. All right, so let's work back to front, shall we? Uh, Pop culture Tuesday, we're going to get in. The Daily Wire is continuing to try to get into the movie business and expanding its repertoire. Uh, and it's new movie shut in, which is very highly reviewed, by the way, on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, that's the, the, the movie critic aggregator. We're going to review that movie and discuss that film. And then if we have time, the overall what we think the overall mission or impact of what the Daily Wire is attempting to do, uh, maybe where that is headed. We'll get into that coming up for Pop Culture Tuesday. Uh, Dr. Peter McCullough. Uh, Maybe America's most renowned cardiologist prior to COVID. And now he's one of its most badass outlaws. He will be joining us here uh, next hour. We'll try to get as much in-depth information out of him as we possibly can for you. Uh, And I wanted to schedule that here uh, because I know he packs a wallop. So maybe that can tide all that information that he will be, uh, you know, depositing here next hour about this time may tide you over until we get back again on Monday. At the bottom of this hour, we will go to fake news or not. And we're going to give you a risk assessment and an analytical look at both the safety and effectiveness of the COVID not vaccines, otherwise known as the jab. All right. So we will dispense the fake from the real. This is just real data. That's all that it is. It's just numbers. And what you think of it, 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 that's up for you and up to you to make your own conclusions. We will discuss that here at the bottom of this hour. But before we get to all of that, of course, we begin, as we always do, with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we
2: were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by the Eastern European OG thug Vladimir Putin, who yesterday went on state media in Russia and launched into a lengthy screed about the post-World War II history of Russia and how Ukraine and other former Soviet Union members aren't Really, their own nations and blah, blah, blah. Putin's government in turn yesterday officially recognized a couple of territories in Ukraine as independent states, which will lay the groundwork for a so-called peacekeeping mission from Russia. Yesterday evening, an emergency meeting of the United Nations Security Council convened on the situation in Ukraine. That meeting was chaired by Russia. Kamala Harris, your thoughts? I mean, listen, guys, we're talking about the potential for war in Europe. I mean, let's really take a moment to understand the significance of what we're talking about. Two years ago yesterday, Joe Biden sent this tweet. Vladimir Putin doesn't want me to be president. He doesn't want me to be our nominee. If you're wondering why, it's because I'm the only person in this field who's ever gone toe-to-toe with him. Canada's parliament voted 185 to 151 last night to approve the Emergencies Act to quell the ongoing protests in that country. Canada's deputy prime minister had this to say to Canadians worried their bank accounts will be frozen.
0: Uh... For anyone who is concerned that their accounts may have been frozen because of their participation in these illegal blockades and occupation, the way to get your account unfrozen is to stop being part of the blockade and. Occupation.
2: Meanwhile, the United Kingdom has lifted all remaining COVID restrictions for that country. Until the 1st of April, we will still sort of advise people who test positive to stay at home. But after that, we will encourage people with COVID-19 symptoms to exercise personal responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. Just as we encourage people who may have flu to be considerate. The two others. Queen Elizabeth has a case of COVID. During an Australian news report on the story, Nine Network showed B-roll photographs of stromectol which is ivermectin, and suggested that it was a quote-unquote new drug the Queen is being given.
1: Dr. Makesh heiker says a COVID patient the Queen's age should be isolating and might benefit from new medicines
3: currently approved for high-risk patients at Australian hospitals. These tablets or these infusions... Can make a dramatic difference to their immediate uh, welfare and health.
2: Nine Network now says the B roll footage was used by mistake. Headline from the Wall Street Journal COVID 19 vaccines were deadly in rare cases. Governments are now weighing compensation. The story details how Western governments are either pursuing monetary relief or have already awarded damages to families of those killed or injured by vaccines. Checking in on California, here's this story from KTLA in Los Angeles.
0: In the parking lot of Weaver Elementary School in Los Alamitos, a group of parents, no parent should feel the way I feel after knowing what could have happened to my daughter, upset by the sleeping arrangements at a school organized science camp. I contacted the school and I asked them if they were able to confirm that there was not a man actually sleeping in the same cabin as the girls. Uh, They were not able to confirm that. The parents say their fifth-grade girls told them some of the biologically male counselors at Camp Pally in San Bernardino identified as they/them and spent three nights sleeping in cabins with the young girls. They're asleep. They use the shower. They go to the restroom camp pally confirms per california state law we place staff in cabins they identify with
2: the ratings are in for this year's winter olympics an average of 12.2 million people watched the olympics in prime time or cable this go round that's a 42 percent dip from the 2018 winter olympics in south korea and finally this from the babylon b after legitimizing china international olympic committee narrows down choice for next olympics to iran north korea Or Canada. And that's what happened while we were away.
1: Aaron's Montage brought to you by ExpressVPN. You know what's not fair? The fact that Netflix hides thousands of shows and movies from you based on your location. And then has the nerve to increase prices on you. And that's right. They've just increased their prices once again. And you could just cancel your subscription to these sites in protest. Or you could outsmart them uh, by and get your full money's worth with a service like Express VPN so you might not know that what's on not what's on Netflix or these other uh, services in your country what's not on here is on in other places. All right. And so you can use ExpressVPN and you can control which country you want these subscription services to think that you are in, that you are logging on from ExpressVPN has over 90 countries to choose from. So every time you run out of stuff to watch, you can just switch to another country and unlock new items. All right. So if you want to do this and then also protect your data with one of the world or one of the country's leading trendsetters when it comes to data privacy you can do it with express vpn uh, by the way this works on all of your devices even your smart tvs all right so stop paying full price for streaming services that only are getting you access to a fraction of their content and protect your data at the same time get your money's worth at expressvpn.com slash steve that's express V is in victory, PN, expressvpn.com slash Steve. Find out how you can get three extra months for free, three extra months for free when you sign up at expressvpn.com slash Steve. So we're going to discuss a question in the overtime today. As it gets into, you, 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 have, you have Germany here is strengthening its military presence elsewhere in Baltic states in anticipation of further Russian aggression. You have NATO meeting. We send a vice president that we put in charge of securing our own border. And she couldn't be bothered to do that to try to secure Ukraine's borders. And I have a question about all of this. In Canada right now, that video that Aaron just showed of the freezing of the assets, do you know that that extends to uh, American banks that do business in Canada? Did you know that? So we had somebody actually lose a job, I think it was in Texas a couple days ago. If if Your bank may decide, because they do business in Canada, to violate your privacy here in the U.S., which, which you could probably sue their asses off for, frankly. By, if you gave a hundred bucks to the trucker blockade, giving all of your personal information and data to the Canadian government, you're not a Canadian citizen. Vladimir Putin is a thug and a despot. He can't bully, though, American banks into handing out your personal information and costing you your job because you have wrong belief. If the social compact is now that you must do what government demands in order to access or retain any serious or substantive modicum of your liberty. If that's the social compact now, regardless of nationality, regardless of custom, heritage, geography, form of government, if that's the social compact now, what does it matter if that government is Xi, Putin, Trudeau, or Biden? What does it matter? Because to me, it, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. We will discuss that later today in the overtime. BlazeTV.com slash DACE. That's BlazeTV.com slash DACE. We, we will record it for you our blaze tv subscribers right after today's program and then upload it for you there later today to watch on demand that's also where you can go blazetvcom dace to get a subscription for just 10 bucks a month today so you don't miss that and all the other exclusive content we do each day at blaze tv blaze tv.com dace let's begin in california where pretty much everything ends did you notice something about that gathering of parents anything stand out to you guys the parents that were angry that their daughters had been put in a room unsupervised with men in a faraway cabin overnight on multiple nights because they identified as they or them did you notice something missing in that video
0: dads yeah where were the dads
1: Where were the dads? You know, when I got done listening again to that message on Nehemiah 13, and if you want to listen or watch the whole thing now, unabridged, we couldn't fit the whole thing into our show clock yesterday. But if you want to watch it in its entirety, it's up on our Rumble page right now at rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. The whole thing is there. But in the moment afterwards I got done, I felt like maybe I, I, I let a little too much of my own personal frustration out. And maybe I, reg- and I I felt like I regretted that a little bit. No, that regret's gone. That regret's gone. If anything, I should have turned some of those damn tables over. Should have gone further. Further. In a, in a demonstration of what I mean. Where are the debts? why is it a bunch of moms out there in the dead of night where are the dads in previous eras we would have had to stop dads from acting like a posse of vigilantes and doing something evil unto themselves in response to something like this which by the way is why we didn't have things like
0: this fear
1: Now, though, I mean, I don't know. UCLA was was in L.A., right? UCLA was on last night. I mean, there's a game on. Mama Bear can go. Don't say anything to get you fired right before you go on vacation. learn from juan howard's mistake so i will just ask where were the debts where were the debts the clenched teeth where are the debts is this not like the third time now that the uk has lifted all covid restrictions I mean, I've tweeted out at least two separate announcements about this in the last several months. For goodness sakes, how many layers of this, or is this just really good politics, man? Every time something else comes out about Boris's government actually not abiding by their own lockdown rules, they just make another announcement. <laughs> We're ending off restrictions. <laughs> Oh, I mean, how many times can they end all restrictions over there? They've done it. This is the third time. This is the third time they've claimed they're ending all restrictions. So is it just as simple as crap, man? The Daily Mirror caught us again. Look at those photos. Guys, we're ending all restrictions. We're just announcing this now. All right. So are the are the restriction ends as fake? (laughs) <laughs> as the as the restrictions themselves. This is
0: the third time we've covered this story. I know that it is. That guy's going to be out of office for 10 years from now. And he's just going to be coming out on his porch, yelling into the street. We are ending restrictions. Yes. Yes.
1: yes. On Boris Johnson's tombstone. We're currently, we're ending COVID restrictions. Yes. <laughs> How many more times can they do this? Um, all right. We're going to talk more about the vaccine thing because the Wall Street Journal story is a perfect segue to what's coming up in the next segment. But we have to discuss that Australian news story about Queen Elizabeth. Okay. If you believe, if you believe that that was an innocent placement of B roll footage, and of all the things that could just be innocently placed there on Earth. It was a generic brand form of Ivermectin. If you think that was just a sloppy coincidence, then you probably believe Reuters fact-checks And JAMA Ivermectin studies too. I can't help you. If you believe that, I just, I can't. And you'd probably think that Jeffrey Epstein really did kill himself and the camera really failed when his pimps in his pimp's prison cell over there in France. I, I, I mean, you're, you're, you're beyond, you're, you're too dumb to live. You're too dumb to live if you believe that. To me, there's only two possibilities. One, and this is the one I actually hope that it is, a complete and total badass within the production department over there at Channel 9 in Australia. (laughs) Slip that puppy in. All right? That's the one I'm hoping for. All right? That is the one that I am hoping for. Far more likely, though, because we can't have nice things. Far more. And when I say far more likely, 1% chance that a badass slipped that in and it made it past their own editors. So not much of a chance. 99% chance, if not higher, that the 90-plus-year-old triple-jabbed Queen of England now with covid Was given the Terry Branstead anointed, or I'm sorry, uh, wrong Terry, that doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. The uh, former uh, quarterback, Terry Bradshaw, Bradshaw, thank you, different B. Uh, The Terry Bradshaw anointed horse to wormer. She was given that as an effective treatment. And then when we caught on to it, uh, well, you know, this is, uh, we can't let the plebes know about this. You guys, you're here to die. You're here to be the test subjects. Soylent greenest people. Shut your hole and know your role, please. No treatment for you. We dangled that out there in front of you just to tease you a little bit. That's what the spirit of the age does. You caught on to it, and then we just retconned it. Like it never even happened. So your 40 year old husband with diabetes. He's dead as a doornail, man, when he goes into that hospital with an 89 B.O. Dead as a doornail. But they'll make damn sure that that queen over there lives till she's 300, All right. With all the horse dewormer that this world has to offer. 99% or higher odds. That's what it is. Let me tell you what there is negative integers and you're too dumb to live to operate equipment to vote to have a driver's license you're not a sentient being if you believe that was just b-roll put in there by mistake thoughts
0: I, <laughs> this show Uh, the last two years you know, it's been hard it's been dark but you know the gifts do keep on giving don't they steve
1: in a very gallows dumb humor demonic way you bet if you want to know what's happened to comedy a lot of conversations about that now what's happened to comedy it's the same reason they don't make any more episodes of Black Mirror guys what could they say or what could they do that would be dumber and funnier than this? The only, therefore, true comedy. It's not, it's not like the, the people we like and the beliefs we have aren't open to be ridiculed to some degree. The problem is all the best material is mocking the spirit of the age. And so the list of the list of people who are willing to cross that Rubicon mm-hmm. to do their craft, the Dave Chappelle's of the world is un Paquito, and everybody else that doesn't have the balls to do that. Okay. Doesn't have any good material. That's what's happened to comedy. Mm-hmm. They can't write better material than that story. And then the, the post-mortem claim that you can't write better material. Bill Burr name someone. Lenny Bruce, Richard Pryor could not write better material than that. Couldn't do it truth as billy shakespeare once said mr erzin is truly stranger than fiction and parody for that matter
0: and along those lines the gifts are there but here's what we never have after this and we keep having it in greater way i mean in your face ways the queen of england here you you will not find a great mea culpa after this And that's because we are under judgment. This is a spirit of the age. You don't have people coming forward and just saying, we're awake now. You have an individual here or there who won't be on the reservation, but they were never Bill, Bill Maher was never all in on the whole COVID thing to begin with. True. We don't have people who were all in saying, well, I'm, I'm tired of the lies. I want out. I want out now. That's chilling because it goes to what Steve said yesterday. It's coming again harder. We don't know how, but it's coming again harder again. We're dealing with a cult.
2: Exactly. And that's the bottom line is this is a, this is a cult that we're dealing with. And just to reset that as well, cults always end badly. They do end. They always end. It just, it just, it's just a matter of how much collateral damage they take with them. The, the, uh, the math that was done with Japan, there's way too much collateral damage to keep fighting this out conventionally. So we got to end this once and for all. Now that was a, still a bad end. That was still a sticky end. But that's the level of deception and delusion that we're dealing with. That's the level. We see this every single day. The spirit of the age drops trowel. Starts taking a whiz in our face, and saying, um, "No, I'm not whizzing in in your face. And even if I was, you should enjoy it and be thankful." Indeed, yeah. Is that eight that's, ball you smell? Yeah. Yes, it is. Um, How's that taste? Yeah. That's what this 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 story, the ivermectin thing. I mean, there's there's another possibility too, Steve. This is probably probably bigger than one, less than fifty, maybe a ten to twenty percent chance is that it's just cosmic. It's just it really is an accident, and this is just. Uh, this is this is this is the uh, uh, heavenly version of trolling. Talking about effective new treatments, show a picture of ivermectin, but it is, I believe, more likely, especially when we have hear, heard testimony. I think there was a, a podcast guest on Joe Rogan's show one time saying members of Congress
1: mm-hmm.
2: have taken ivermectin. So this is not exactly a new. Pierre thing. Pierre Corey said that. But what's also not a new thing is, thank you, Pierre Corey. What's also not a new thing is that thing that you're seeing right now with your own two eyes is not really real, and you're crazy for believing it. Guys, that that level, that's not lying. That is gaslighting. It is worse than lying. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've been dealing with every single day for the last two. I mean, every day, every day for the last two years in order to support this narrative. It can be daunting to look at. It can be frustrating. It can wear you down Uh, But just know that the truth, well, let's just say you're on the side of truth or on the side of finding truth. There is some solace in that, but we must never, ever let our our guard down and never give these institutions the benefit of the doubt, like, ever again.
1: Breaking news, by the way. Our governor, Kim Reynolds, will be giving the the national Republican response to the State of the Union on March 1st. Nice. Was it you that had the prediction about her as a potential— VP candidate, that is a profile raiser, no question about it. And she deserves it. She has done a phenomenal job overall. Many, many of the things that you see DeSantis talk about with bombast, she has as well, or done as well. She doesn't have the power of his persona, but well deserved. That is a profile raiser for sure. That'll get your attention. Amen. All right, we'll come back. Fake news or not, you don't want to miss next. you want to find out why Panama is fast becoming one of the most desired retirement locations you can do so from our friends over At The American's Guide to Living and Retiring in Panama. Four videos, all for free. Uh, You can check them out right now at buypanamanow.com slash Steve. That's buypanamanow.com slash Steve. I'll give you a little preview of some of the information you'll get Uh, right now. They use the dollar as their currency in Panama. Your dollar goes about 10 times further. Uh, There than it does here. So think about whatever your discretionary income is, what your cash flow situation is, what you've got in the bank right now, and then multiply it by 10 or say a savings account, a retirement account. Um, And so that is why if you're looking to see why more people are looking at Panama, it's not Just a dusty third world country any longer. Uh, It doesn't cost you anything. Just to see if if it's a good fit for you. 100% free for you right now. When you go to buypanamanow.com slash Steve. Again, that's buypanamanow.com slash Steve. So when I was planning this out, I had no idea about the feature that the Wall Street Journal was going to come out with. About the realities now that we are slowly but surely waking up to. When it comes to adverse side effects with these COVID jabs. But the timing is providential for us to discuss this now. I want to have a conversation that that two things can be true at once. All right? Two things can be true at the same time. For example, it can be true that gravity is both restricting and necessary. That can, those both, these, those things can be true, right? Yeah. Yeah. Here's another. It can be true that Republicans are a better alternative than Democrats if you're sane, yet not nearly the alternative that we need right now. Those two things can both be true, right? Correct. How about this one? It can be true that I am both pudgy and have lost a lot of weight. Yes. Those both, those things can be true, yes. right? Okay. So two things can be true at the same time. We've established that. So, similarly, it can be true that the COVID vaccine, in air quotes, adverse side effects are both rare and yet higher than any other vaccine in modern times. Both of those things could be true, which I will now show you. On February 20th, you can see the headline there if you're watching on Blaze TV. On February 20th, Bloomberg reported that the United States has crossed over 550 million doses of COVID jab being injected into Americans. Okay? 550 million doses. Also, as of February the 20th, the current case fatality rate for COVID in the United States was 1.1%. All right, so the current case fatality rate for COVID... Is 1.1%. So let's say the COVID vaccine has the same adverse side effects rate per dose as the current case fatality rate for COVID, or that 98.9% of the time it doesn't harm the patient at all. If only 1.1% of the 550 million doses of COVID, air quotes, vaccine we've given, produced an adverse side effect, that would equal more than five and a half million adverse side effects. Almost double the population of my home state of Iowa, by the way, almost double. Five and a half million. Would there be any moral argument for not stopping an air quotes vaccine that had such a high volume of adverse side effects? Probably not in the same world. But let's say the covid air quotes vaccine has a ninety nine percent lower adverse side effect risk than the current covid case fatality rate in the United States or that only 0.1%, only 0.1% of the 550 million doses we've given generated an adverse side effect. Now, this number is obviously an exaggeration. There's likely no way it's actually that much lower, and I'll prove that to you again here in a minute. But just for the sake of argument, for the sake of this exercise, let us go with it. If the COVID air quotes vaccine is so safe that 99% 0.9 0.9 percent of its doses are just fine and hunky-dory even that zero point one percent of 550 million doses would mean over a half a million doses caused adverse side effects in my home state of iowa where our governor will be giving the, giving the national Republican response to the president's State of the Union address one week from tonight. We have one city with a half a million people in the entire state. Just one. If the COVID air quotes vaccine is so safe that 99.9% of doses are just fine, Even that 0.1% of 550 million doses would mean over a half million doses caused adverse side effects. So I ask again, because it bears repeating. Would there be any moral argument for not stopping an air quotes vaccine that had such a high volume of adverse side effects? At the very least... And the reason why I'm tying this to the case fatality rate is because those are the two things you would weigh, right? Those are the two things you would weigh. I don't know if the case fatality rate's Ebola, if it's 25%. Not much of a moral argument at that point, right? I mean, that's what you'd be weighing, right? Is that what we're dealing with here? Not even close. No. So you do weigh it differently then, don't you? Or at least you would. we haven't. We haven't, but you would if you were sane. Yes. If you were sane, you would. Let us continue. Just to show you there is no way that the COVID air quotes vaccine is is a 99% dose safe jab. And we just gave it beyond the maximum benefit of the doubt. Through February 11th, there have already been 1,119,061 total adverse side effects reported and made to the database that collects them for the CDC, otherwise known as VAERS. Or, 0.2% of COVID-not-vaccine doses have produced a reported adverse side effect. Now, in 2010, a Harvard-associated Pilgrim Healthcare, that's a Harvard-associated outpatient healthcare clinic, uh, or system, I should say, published a study that found about 1% of adverse side effects for vaccines are ever actually reported to the FDA via this database. Let's assume, given the attention given to the COVID air quotes vaccines and the volume of doses given as well, that number goes way up because there's so much more awareness and so many more people getting them. Okay, In fact, let's, let's go way up, like way up. Let's give the COVID air quotes vaccines beyond the maximum benefit of the doubt once more and say that 50% of adverse side effects are currently reported in the database 50 times what this Harvard study said a decade ago is the norm. If we only missed half of them, that would put us well over 2 million adverse side effects or 3.6% of COVID air quote vaccine doses that produce an adverse side effect, which by the way is more than triple the current case fatality rate for COVID in the United States. More than triple, more than triple, more than triple. That is quite a risk to take for a substance that, as the triple jabbed Queen of England just reminded us once more, doesn't stop you from getting the actual virus. Which means, if you are continuing to get these jabs... You are assuming now both sides of the risk equation. So I've been talking now for many months on this show that this should actually be a time for a maximum amount of grace for matters of a conscience. Because everybody's taking a risk. We don't know the long-term ramifications of even an asymptomatic exposure to a virus of likely malicious origin. Just as we don't know the long-term consequences of being jabbed with this spiked protein mRNA technology for the first time in human history, we couldn't possibly know the long-term consequences of either because we're not in the long term, right? Mm -hmm. Which means we're all going to learn this in real time. We're all lab rats here either for Anthony Fauci's funded uh, bioweapon in China, yeah, I said it, or their mRNA uh, spike proteins. All of us are lab rats right now. We're right now, 550 million doses vis-a-vis an airborne aerosolized malicious origin virus. All of us are lab rats. There is not one person within the sound of my voice, within the sight of my seeing right now. There is not one person walking the earth You're like Samuel Jackson in Pulp Fiction or Walk the Earth. Cool. Everyone you will encounter is a lab rat right now. Seven plus billion people. Everyone is. No one's not. Everyone is. And we're all going to find out which side of the equation was the right one in real time. No one can say right now which one is because we don't know. It's not knowable. If you continue to get these jabs, though, you are assuming both sides of this risk, both sides, because the jab doesn't stop you from getting infected. It cannot prevent you from any unknown long term side effects of infection from a virus of malicious origin. Even if I bought the the lie that keeps you out of the hospital, you're still infected. We don't know what it does. Even if it's asymptomatic, we don't know. In addition, you're assuming the other side of the risk ratio, too. Because we also don't know the long-term effect of injecting this new technology into human beings. You're taking both sides of the risk, both of them. And you can't declare war on China or the NIH, and you can't sue Big Pharma. You're, you're, you're the only one taking a risk here. You. And you're taking it all on both ends. Finally, finally, We referred to the COVID jabs with an air quote as a vaccine because by any definition of the term prior to these products, it is not a vaccine. And therefore, no one on earth who has taken them is actually vaccinated. No one in America, since these are the only vaccines they've been offering. No one in America is vaccinated. No one is. By any definition of the term we had prior to about 10 minutes ago. Gentlemen, your thoughts
0: oh, we are we were groomed for this moment as a people. It's an important term to use. I've been using it a lot lately, much to people's chagrin. Uh, as it applies to what teachers are doing to emotionally vulnerable students in our schools to create their own little cultural army. They're grooming them. But we've been groomed just the same in our comfort for a very long time. To be drug addicts that are no different than people going to the corner in the worst neighborhoods on the planet to get their fix. Steve has told you before that he failed the uh, math portion of the exam to get quick trip managerial something or the other. Yeah,
1: and I bombed it on my ACT too.
0: Uh, So my only reason for bringing it up is that he he did this math so you can too, but you choose not to. You choose not to do the simple calculus, the simple arithmetic of risk-reward because you have a different risk-reward calculus. It's about comfort. It's about status. It's about this. It's about that. It has nothing to do with reality. You have fallen prey to one of the greatest Jedi mind tricks of all time. Remember who those Jedi mind tricks work on. Who do they work on, guys? The weak. You've made yourself weak in the midst of all your mirages of the stuff you have, the things you do, the status you've reached. You have allowed yourself to become the experiment, and the monster that's being created um is something that makes frankens Dr. Frankenstein blush quite frankly.
2: You know we spent an entire show uh, one of the uh, one of the shows, I think towards the end of last year talking about ann Bauer's speech. She's an author from Minnesota. Ann Bauer's piece at Tablet Magazine called I've Been Here Before, I've Seen This Before, something like that. And it's uh, detailing her and her family's um, experience with having an autistic son. And the three eras, I believe there are three different eras of the autism gurus, and in each era... It's the same playbook. If you're not, uh, if you're not putting your son in, in this exercise or with this group, you're abusing them. Oh, no, the science has changed uh, 10 years later. If you're not doing this with, your, with your, uh, your, your autistic son, if you're putting them through this, you're a terrible mother. And then another one. Uh, now the medicine. Uh, if you're not giving them all of these medicines, you're a terrible mom. The science has changed again. Those other two things didn't actually work. And within the first era of that uh, autism guru, there was a a famous uh, autistic guru from Chicago, ran a school there. And it was only after he passed away that we started to hear, uh, this guy was not on the up and up. This guy was not this. This guy was not the guru that he saw, that you saw on television and and in the magazines. Meanwhile, he leave behind a trail he left behind a legacy and a trail of of destruction this this is the same and she ties this to, to covid as well we've had all of these gurus, the masks work 100 I'm sorry the lockdowns work 100% we just need a lockdown for 2 weeks and covid would go away the masks work 100% we just need to mask for 15 days and it'll go away the vaccines work 100% We just need to to get everybody vaxxed and COVID will go away. And each time they've been completely wrong, laughably wrong. And in their trail of destruction. Well, that's what we're picking up after right now. If you continue to assent to these vaccines, as Steve just stipulated, you're taking all of the risk, assuming all of the risk. And so far, not, not much of the reward.
1: We'll come back. Dr. Peter McCullough will join us next for a segment you won't want to miss. Stay tuned. Back here yet again on the Steve Day Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Hour two is underway. Steve Day here with Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin, and all of you. Don't forget, you can let us know. What you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Just email us, Steve at SteveDace.com. You can look for us as well. My name on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor and Gab, or at Steve Day Show on Twitter and Getter, and get clips of the show free of censorship and free to watch over at Rumble.com Steve Day Show. Uh, this portion of the show uh, is brought to you by Scoremaster. Which is urging you, uh, before you go and get that car loan, that home loan, the business loan or refi, uh, check in with them um, and give them at least a few weeks to see what they can do to raise your credit score to help improve the odds you'll get approved. And even if you can, improve the, the terms that you'll be offered. We used this last year when we wanted to do the refi at our house to get an obscenely low interest rate. Uh, because what ScoreMaster does is it takes the information that they have on you and it gives it back to you, but in a way that you actually understand. Uh, it makes it transparent but also accessible, so that you know exactly why you have the credit score you have, and then exactly how to get to, to get to the credit score that you want. All right, takes just a few minutes to find out how to add these plus, plus points to your score, and then you can decide to sign up if this is a, you want to follow the plan and have them help you or not. When you go to ScoreMaster, all one word, scoremaster.com slash Steve. Again, that's scoremaster.com slash Steve. I want to read one paragraph of the biography of our next guest, uh, and this is posted by the University of Southern California, USC. Quote, Dr. Peter McCullough is recognized internationally as a leading figure in the study of chronic kidney disease as a cardiovascular risk state, having over 1000 publications to his name and over 500 citations in the National Library of Medicine. Is that a lot? Yeah, it's, it, it, it's a few. It's a few. He is also founder of the Cardio Renal Society of America, which is a group that dedicates itself to bringing cardiologists and nephrologists together to work on the increasing global issue of cardiorenal syndromes. He is the co-editor of Reviews in Cardiovascular Medicine and is also currently serving as the chair of the National Kidney Foundation's Kidney Early Evaluation Program, which is the largest community screening effort for chronic diseases in the United States of America. Now this is an extensive and exhaustive biography uh that they have over on their website at USC for our guest dr peter mccullough because a lot of those same powers that be now kind of want to pretend that this guy's just a blogger or a podcaster talking out of his rear end because that's what i do for a living all right but in fact prior to covid everybody recognized what a renowned authority on these subjects dr peter mccullough was peter it's good to have you back with us go blue and uh, welcome back to the show brother how are you
3: Good, Steve, thanks for having me. Now I have to give an update since I'm under a lawsuit and so many immediate people go to profiles. I have 800,000 profiles on the internet I checked as part of the lawsuit. So the Kidney Early Evaluation Program is now closed. That was led by the National Kidney Foundation for many years and I chaired it. And it really helped describe the epidemiology of, of chronic kidney disease and its relationship to heart disease. The Cardio-Renal Society of America, Steve, in the last two weeks has been dissolved with no courtesy call, no board meeting, no update. Mysteriously, it's been dissolved. Mm. And I can tell you professionally, I've had one credential after another mysteriously be stripped away, including professorships, uh, American College of Physicians, uh, various committee positions, one at the American College of Cardiology, one on the National Institutes of Health, uh, so what's going on uh, out there in the world is extraordinary.
1: You know, that brings me to a question. We've, we've talked to you several times now, Peter. I don't know that I've asked you this, so let me ask it now since you bring this up. What's driving you here? What, what, what is the core conviction? You know, we played a video on this show about an hour ago of a group of uh, elementary school girls who were sent to a science camp in L.A. and then actually spent the night uh, in a camp Uh, alone unsupervised with male counselors because they you know their pronouns preferred were they and them and parents were very upset and were on ktla the next morning but it was all moms and we were asking ourselves where were all the dads why aren't any of the dads upset right we live in an era with we're so there's so many passive men peter so what's driving you why why were you willing to risk every ounce of your reputation to push back on this
3: Steve, the, the impact was just way too big. It wasn't one or two people getting sick with COVID. It was millions. And it wasn't a few patients dying or being hospitalized. It was hundreds of thousands dying and millions being hospitalized. And I just couldn't sit on the sidelines and watch it happen. I Honestly, it just wasn't in my ethical, moral, or clinical DNA to just let the slaughter happen. And so I put together teams of doctors. We demonstrated we can treat the illness early, prevent hospitalization and death. And when the vaccines came, uh, I was a careful eye on vaccine safety and efficacy because I said, we can treat the illness, boy, if there's a vaccine, uh, it better be very safe and very effective. And our agencies ought to be giving us monthly report cards on how the vaccines are doing because we're asking the public to do a lot, uh, a lot of sacrifice with these uh, vaccines because of their novel mechanism of action and because of so many unknowns. And boy, has it been a disaster.
1: Let's start there then and, and start with a big picture view. I, I've been telling our audience since last, late last summer when some of the initial vaccine efficacy numbers out of Israel and the UK were showing deterioration of efficacy. I, I I started making the point here that all of us, you know, every one of us walking the earth right now is a, is, is a lab rat to some degree. We are either a lab rat to an aerosolized airborne respiratory virus of at least questionable, if not outright malicious origin. And therefore, since it's aerosolized and airborne, there's almost no way to really contain it or B of unknown and uh, spiked protein vaccine technology we've never mass injected into humans last week we crossed the threshold of 550 million injections Uh, doses given out here in the u.s it's billions worldwide we don't know the long-term ramifications of either one of those situations and that if you are now continuing to get these boosters you're assuming now both sides of that risk ratio both the the like the queen of england triple jab just tested positive for covid all right you're taking on both sides of that risk are you not peter because now you don't know what even, uh, even if you can re- reduce the severity of the infection, you still were infected by a virus of questionable to malicious origin. Am I wrong about that?
3: You're completely right, Steve. I like that analysis a lot. You know, the viral respiratory infection offers its sets of risks. And then the vaccine, because it emulates the infection, the vaccine uh, tricks the body in producing the spike protein. That's exactly what the body doesn't need. The vaccine offers another set of risks that in a sense are many of the same problems, uh, Many sometimes with the vaccines more acute, but let me tell you a vignette, just the respiratory infection, Steve, not the vaccine, the respiratory infection. Last week in my office saw a 32-year-old breastfeeding mother, very young looking, non-smoker, non-obese, perfectly healthy, gets COVID-19, end of December, early in February, suffers a massive heart attack out of the blue. Mm. And it's a -a shockeroo. I can tell you right now, this respiratory illness is giving us a run for our money from a clinical perspective. And so is the vaccine as we start to field these vaccine injuries.
1: Where are efforts at successfully cultivating a traditional form of vaccination? Why are all the eggs in this spike protein mRNA basket, at least here in the West?
3: It's pretty clear that it was ready to go, that the messenger RNA and the adenoviral DNA platforms have been around for decades. They really didn't find a use in clinical medicine, that they were ready to go. In fact, the code was understood for the spike protein, the furin cleavage joint. If you trace back, there are now papers regarding Moderna's patents and what have you. This was all set in place and ready to go long before 2019. Uh, So that's the reason why it could move so quickly and could move forward. What you're mentioning is the competing technology, which is Novavax, uh, and that vaccine would be a purified spike protein. And there's also a novel vaccine out of the University of um, Texas uh, Baylor College of Medicine in Houston. And that vaccine is more limited antigen for the receptor binding domain. You know, vaccines against respiratory illnesses traditionally aren't very effective. So the, the point I'd make, whether it's an a antigen-based vaccine, a genetic vaccine, or a killed virus vaccine like the Sinovac, Coronavac, that shouldn't have been our leading response. It shouldn't be our major focus. And if we had a vaccine that was safe and effective, if, you know, protecting our senior citizens protecting the nursing home workers, maybe, maybe 3 million people in the United States would have been appropriate. But I think those who wrote the Great Barrington Declaration just after my pivotal treatment paper in 2020, I I published the pivotal treatment paper, American Journal of Medicine in in August of 2020. Great Barrington came out a couple of months afterwards. The Great Barrington Declaration, which was uh, a, a combination of Stanford Harvard and Oxford universities proposed, and many, many signed on to it, that we just protect the seniors. Even if we had a vaccine, it would just be for seniors. We would never vaccinate the entire population.
1: How many patients have you seen so far,
3: Peter, would you say? With COVID nineteen, I bet I've directly managed now several hundred. I've advised uh, certainly on more than a thousand. I okay. get questions from all over the world, even you know, remote places in Russia, Australia, Asia, all over. It's been a worldwide effort. All
1: right. So the reason I asked that is because I wanted the audience to know you're not just looking at this the- theoretically or as an academician. I mean, you ha- you have hands-on dealt with this as an MD.
3: We. we yeah, have- I saw a patient. Yeah, I saw a patient recently recovering. And I remarked to him, I said, you know, when I listen to the lungs of a COVID patient, the, the, the pulmonary exam is very uh, distinct. And, uh, you know, it's clear after a, a few days of early treatment that one is no longer contagious. Even the CDC says, you know, after five days now, for uh, minimally or asymptomatic uh, people that you know, we don't have to worry anymore, so it's not a big deal. And what the patient told me, he said, all my doctors are still seeing me by telemedicine. No one's listened to my lungs in two years. Wow. I had that yesterday in the office, Steve, where, where a patient with complex heart disease said, a cardiologist hasn't listened to my heart in two years. I think doctors have been in a grip of fear from the very beginning. So I just walked our audience
1: through some math. Um, And and that even if we're even if we are catching half of the adverse side effects to these jabs, which would be way ahead of what studies show is the actual ratio that gets reported to the FDA, even though we were catching half of them, you would still be looking at an adverse side effect rate of three point six percent, three point six percent of doses would, would produce an adverse side effect on a virus with a 1.1% CFR. So, I mean, you're, you're triple that number. All right. We're not dealing with an Ebola last week. Israel came out uh, a series or the preprint study. Some clinicians in Israel came out uh, and looked at the fourth jab data that they had seen. And what they saw was 30% efficacy for Pfizer, 11% efficacy for Moderna. <clears throat> what do you see between jabbed and unjabbed in your private practice, when you actually treat patients yourself or consult, what differences do you see?
3: My clinical impressions are this, (laughs) that those who've already had COVID, the natural infection, if they do encounter the Omicron, it's a very, very mild syndrome, maybe an hour or two of a fever, no consequences whatsoever, no treatment needed. If someone's been fully vaccinated and they're within a six-month window or they've received the booster. And again, within a six month window, I think Omicron is also a mild syndrome that uh, it's been easy to manage. Some need medications, some need uh, monoclonal antibodies. And those who are unvaccinated, truly COVID naive, uh, that they can have the roughest of the syndromes with Omicron, but again, it's easily managed at home. We have data from University of California School of Public Health at Berkeley showing with Omicron now irrespective of status, no one ended up on the ventilator. No one. And in that study uh, by, I think it was Lou Ward and colleagues is the first author, that only one person died with Omicron. It's not clear if they actually died due to the virus or not. I can tell you at this point in time, the emergency phase is over with. This is like a form of the common cold or the flu. We can manage it without having any types of restrictions or mandates.
1: Do you fear the Van den Bosch theory or hypothesis that... He even published a piece last week. For those of you that don't know, he used to work for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, used to be a director of a global vaccination consortium, uh, he wrote a piece last week calling Omicron basically an immunological wolf in sheep's clothing, that this is a false front and that he actually he, he still think he thinks even more about we are on an, a track for ADE and even laid out some specifics of what that would look like for people who had gotten these jabs. And in his view, uh, altered their immune systems. Are you afraid of that on any level at all?
3: I'm not seeing that right now. I I have a great respect for Dr. Vandenbosch. You know, I have to tell you, so far through the pandemic, he's been right every time, and that's a very serious prediction. What he's saying is that because we've mass-vaccinated, which was such an ill-advised move, we've set up the world's immune system to be very narrowly focused on the original Wuhan spike protein with no diversity of immunity. And now, in a sense, we're keyed Uh, And with this, Omicron has created uh, another layer of antibody and cell-based reactions that is such that we're a setup for a very lethal virus to come in, and we'll start to see really mass loss of life. I know know that's what his uh, uh, ideas are. I I personally am not seeing that right now, and I'm not— I'm not in a position to make the type of authoritative predictions that he he can, but I can tell you as a clinician and as a, you know, a patient myself, I've got vulnerable people in my household. I've got someone downstairs, Steve, 98 years old. I can tell you he wouldn't stand, uh, you know, two hours with a, with a, a more virulent infection. That um, – that I'm hopeful that we can finish this off with early treatment, that it never happens. But a recipe for a successful conclusion is to stop the vaccinations.
1: Explain to our audience why that is the
3: case. The vaccinations have limited genetic diversity. Genetic diversity is actually a good thing. There's diversity in plants and animals uh, through evolution. We should always have a blend of different variants That way the body has a diverse immune response from person to person over time. That cross immunity really matters. When we mass vaccinate people with the exact same exposure to the antigenic protein, in this case, the exact 1200 amino acid uh, sequence of the Wuhan original wild type virus, we create a narrow library of antibodies against one protein. I can tell you the natural infection It's 15 different proteins for sure Hmm. that there's antibodies raised against. There may be more. And if there's different variants, there'll be even a greater library of slightly different antibodies. So diversity is a good thing. When we vaccinate, we limit diversity. And vaccination created the hyperdominant delta wave and created the hyperdominant omicron wave. In fact, for sure, omicron was fully described originally in those who were fully vaccinated on the border of Botswana. And our CDC, as well as multiple papers, Luann and others, have shown that the majority of people with Omicron are fully vaccinated. It's clear Omicron is preying upon the fully vaccinated. The, the, the concern here is that um, it's, it is the fully vaccinated who could be set up for a, a more virulent wave. And I hope it doesn't happen. I, if I was to guess, I'd say no. but. I know Vandenbosch is being conservative. These are strong warnings uh, to drop mandates uh, across the globe, drop the vaccines across the globe. I had a uh, discussion with someone in the UK, Steve, and I, they, they dropped the mandates in the UK. And I asked them, I said, is anybody going to take the vaccine now? She said, nobody. Hmm. So it was interesting.
1: Speaking of that, I'm sure you saw Bill Gates's recent comments talking about Omicron is actually producing the kinds of antibodies they had hoped that their mRNA vaccines would. He even seemed to lament the fact that Omicron was effectively working as a natural vaccine. What's your take on that?
3: He was discussing what was a paper published by Khan and colleagues from Africa showing those who got Omicron uh, did create a library of antibodies that was very effective in closing the immunologic door on Delta so once somebody got Omicron, they couldn't get infected with Delta. And it was far better than the vaccines. And a paper by Acorsi and colleagues showed with the vaccines that uh, Delta was thriving in the nose of people fully vaccinated. It was it was as if they had no vaccine whatsoever. And then a paper by Young Zhu and colleagues and also published in JAMA showed really in during high Delta time, there was only about 20% protection, which is basically worthless protection from the current sets of vaccines. So the vaccines right now have no credible evidence of protecting against Delta uh, and none against Omicron. No randomized trials and no valid observational studies.
1: So you mentioned JAMA. I came out with a study a few days ago, uh, dismissing Ivermectin as as an effective tool, early treatment tool against COVID. Um, uh, we have a mutual friend in Daniel Horowitz that you've been on his podcast several times. He has a, a show out right now dissecting why he thinks that's a flawed study. I've seen at least 50 studies across the world to some degree that show some degree of effectiveness. I've seen people personally I know take it effectively. I was prescribed it what for for uh, for COVID uh, in, in my own treatment. So you've handled this one-on-one. What works and what does not?
3: With ivermectin, just to go over the way to handle the evidence... With ivermectin, we believe there's a signal of benefit based on over 70 studies and over 33 randomized trials, randomized trials, 33 of them, where there's about a 56% benefit, 56% effect size. That's enough to operate on the principle that ivermectin is doing something. So when a small trial comes along, and, and the trial is small, I mean, you know, less than 500 patients. We, we would need a, a large trial. I'm a cardiologist, Steve. Large trials are 20 to 40,000 people. We could easily have done that. But when someone pitches in a 500-patient uh, trial, and then it's not blinded, so there's no placebo blinding, and the doctors decide the endpoint, which is how much oxygen patients get, uh, that's a biased endpoint. These types of studies, when they turn out to be neutral like this, and I'm sure Horowitz dissected it, uh, demonstrating that in fact some patients benefited from ivermectin. Uh, you know, when the headlines say that uh, th- that the trial overturned the entire you know science on ivermectin, that's clearly an overstatement. Maybe by someone who. You know, wants to see ivermectin not used, like the American Medical Association, by the way. JAMA is the journal of the American Medical Association. The American Medical Association, early in September, announced a campaign to abolish the use of ivermectin. So the AMA and JAMA cannot be trusted as an unbiased source of information on ivermectin. I think what uh, many would say is this trial is disposable and we'll move on. Ivermectin works just fine. Peter, from a, I work the
1: political side of the street, of this equation. And it's clear politically that what I have labeled COVID-stan is largely going away, okay? You even have the governor of California, it's, it's camouflage, but even he's using the term now endemic, okay? So politically, these mandates and policies just in our country just are not politically palatable any longer. Even Anthony Fauci is admitting that now. But medically the system that helped justify and give birth to everything that you and I just discussed and have discussed in this show before is all still there. All right. How do we deal with this corruption of data, with this corruption of information where we went from a medical system that wanted to lobby for a right to try to now take you to court to actually not try and just let you sit there and die in an ICU on a ventilator. When the political aspect of this is gone and it's about to be gone how do we now do a, come back around and deal with the long-term public health and medical consequences that this entire last 23 months exposed?
3: People have lost faith in their doctors and their major medical centers. You know, these major medical centers have had no early treatment programs. Uh, they haven't had shared decision-making in the hospitals. They haven't advanced care. You know, there's not a single hospital in the United States, Steve, that declares itself a center of excellence for the treatment of COVID. Do you know the hospitals are not competing on COVID statistics? They're not, we're not, you know, there's nobody out there saying they have the lowest COVID mortality. Send your patients here. Wow. Uh, It's really a shameful time in medicine. And I'm really going to be curious to see how medical leaders come forward on this. Do they they just try to, you know, pretend the COVID pandemic didn't exist? or are there gonna be people who break ranks and say, listen, this has been atrocious, we can do better. So clearly I've been out there as an early treatment advocate. Uh, You see other leaders, a lot of frequent contributors on a lot of the news channels, Dr. Marty Macri from Johns Hopkins, Kirk Milhone, pediatric cardiologist out in Honolulu, Harvey Risch uh, from Yale, Jay Bhattacharya from Stanford, Uh, You know, that group is growing over time. Scott Atlas from Stanford, um, Ray Escuey from Johns Hopkins. You'll start to see more come forward. But I do wonder how the rank and file is going to start to reconcile with this. I think the awakening is happening. But you're right. It's lagging the political bodies for sure.
1: Final thing I want to ask you about. Somebody test positive for Omicron right now. I get this question a lot. Hey, I, I I used, you know, one of the outlets you guys uh, advertise on your show. I got a preemptive HCQ or ivermectin or, you know, Z-Stack. You know, what, what, if I test positive for Omicron now, do I go ahead and and blow my proverbial wad, if you will, on this right now, given that it's a milder strain? I mean, how what would you recommend people do?
3: Well, we use risk stratification. So if it's uh, somebody in their 90s and they're you know they're teetering on the verge of life anyway, then yeah, we do the full court press. I've had people upper 80s, 90s, where we mm-hmm. use sochi the monoclonal antibodies, and then uh, we use steroids and other drugs in sequence. Um, and people your age, if it was you, Steve, honestly, I'd say just use the uh, the nasal and oral virucidal washes, dilute povidone iodine, dilute hydrogen peroxide. And then what we call the OTC bundle in the McCullough Protocol, shoot that over to you, McCullough Protocol has been updated. The OTC bundle is zinc, vitamin D, vitamin C, quercetin, and then over-the-counter fumotidine. So I saw really a bundle of patients yesterday in the office. They had all gotten through COVID-19 just with over-the-counter solutions at this point Mm -hmm. in time because Omicron is so mild and people know that they're not going to end up on the ventilator.
1: Peter, I hope you don't mind me saying this. And it's not just been you. We've had others like you on the show. I know you will be deferential, but you have been absolutely, pardon my French, a complete badass through these last couple of years. Uh, And I really, I'm not kidding you, man. And I say that about very few people. My audience will tell you, God bless you and everything you're doing. And if there's ever anything we can do to help, please don't hesitate to ask.
3: Well, thanks so much. I have to tell you, Steve, so many of my patients watch your show. I'm sure I'm going to get a bunch of calls this afternoon. <laughs>
1: All right. God bless you, man. Take care. Go blue. All right. All right. All right take care. That's Dr. Peter McCullough. And along those lines, um, great time to tell you again, uh, my go to doc.com, Dr. Saeed Haider. He is one of these rare people now. He's turned his entire practice in to treating COVID patients with early effective treatments and protocols. They also have access to um, pharmacies around the country that will fill those problematic prescriptions of the medicines that shall not be named like HDQ and ivermectin, but actually work. All right, so uh, that's mygotodoc.com. Uh, I encourage you to check them out today. Mygotodoc.com. One more time Mygotodoc.com. All right, thoughts on the conversation we just had with Peter McCullough?
0: Well, condense it down to one bumper stick- sticker. Uh, The medical community should be ashamed. Dr. Peter McCullough's words. That is a brutal but needed assessment of who we are as a people, what we believe in, and what we must do going forward. It's what I said yesterday. Do people wake up uh, earlier on the show? Are people waking up when they see example over example over example, the more data we have, how obviously we've been wrong this entire time if people aren't willing to do anything about that the amount of money that we spend sending kids to um uh, med school and college is ultimately a death sentence for us as a nation if they're willing to experiment on us like this to the point of death
2: yes it's just abject abject evil um again that we have witnessed over the last uh Two years now. I don't know how many other ways that we can say that. That's just evil. But um, good information, obviously, as always, with with Dr. McCullough. But I think my big takeaway from him in general, not just that interview, if you want to look for an example, I, I said in the overtime yesterday, you know, what does it look like to put the uh, talk from Nehemiah 13 into action? Uh, do like he do yeah (laughs) do like he do yep leveraged every single piece of power that he had in order to fight back maybe he's not going to be ultimately successful someday but goodness gracious he fired every single bullet he has had and
1: and like we said in the overtime yesterday confrontation isn't a tone any more than love is his tone's a lot different than mine but he's every bit as confrontational (laughs) all right so there you go all right we'll come back pop culture tuesday here in a moment You know, if the truckers have taught us anything, it is that we are definitely more powerful when we stick together. And the same goes for supporting businesses that believe in the same values and freedoms and liberties that you do. That's why we're proud partners uh, in our home uh, of Patriot Mobile. We finally made the switch. We put it off for several years just thinking it's going to be so much of a hassle. Uh, and and they made it as seamless as absolutely possible. We even took the occasion to upgrade our phones at the exact same time with their 100% U.S.-based customer service team that provides ex- exceptional customer service. So, hey, if you've got the chance to do business with those who aren't trying to end your way of life, take advantage of it. In one way, we can pretty much all do this because we pretty much all need a mobile phone to function fully here in, in modern America, do it with Patriot Mobile. We have all the same coverage we got for 20 years from T-Mobile as well. All right. So get a free activation with the offer code Steve right now when you go to com slash Steve. By the way, veterans and first responders, when you go there, let them know uh, that you're one of those and they'll thank you for your service with even more savings. All right. So PatriotMobile.com slash Steve. PatriotMobile.com slash Steve, or give them a call at 972 Patriot. Let's get to Pop Culture Tuesday when we look at the uh, really the intersection between pop culture and conservatism each week. And this week, we're going to review the, uh, the latest film from The Daily Wire. Now, this is their first original film. Uh, the film they did last year, which I thought was actually well done. It's just the name escapes me about the school shooting.
2: Run, Hide, Fight, I think.
1: Thank you. Run, Hide, Fight. Yes. That was a film that actually could not get distribution because it had a pro-Second Amendment uh, message in response to a school shooting, a Columbine kind of a scenario so it couldn't get major distribution the daily wire uh picked that up and that was their first film and it came out about this time last year if i recall this is the first film it's called shut in it is the first one that they have done from scratch all right so uh all of the production they funded um and the film is about a woman who is a recovering drug addict and she her and her husband are both actually recovering drug addicts but Well, she's the recovering one. He's not. And through an unfortunate circumstance, uh, just as she's getting her life clean and is about to move away with her kids and start over, she gets locked into a closet in an old farmhouse that they're living in that's really run down. She gets locked in a closet, cannot get out, hence shut in while all hell breaks loose with her drug addict husband and his friends and associates and the children are in danger and how they navigate that and everything else. Okay. I don't want to give more of the movie away, the plot, because that might give the movie away, but that's pretty, you think that's fairly accurate, right? You guys have both seen it. Yep. Okay. So uh, now you guys just saw this yesterday, right? All right. So I don't know if you saw the version that I saw. I watched it opening night on YouTube and the CEO over there at Daily Wire, Jeremy Boring, had an had an announcement before the movie started and after the movie ended. Did you guys see that when you no. watched it on the Daily Wire site? No. Okay, so part of his announcement, uh, they were different announcements. They but they essentially had the same message that they are doing this specifically because they are trying to um, retake storytelling and movie making. Um, you know, take take an affirmative stance there and stake out ground there from a culture war standpoint. I mean, he makes that very clear. All right, this movie does have, um, it certainly has some conservative affirming um, messages. Even though I don't think it's necessarily central to the film. I mean, the the central plot of the film is a classic mama bear story. Okay, but there are faith affirming messages in the movie. There is, uh, you know, traditional values and family messages affirmed within the film. But he makes it pretty clear that Jeremy makes it pretty clear. And just for full disclosure, we're technically competitors. But if you know anything about how our two platforms here at The Blaze and Daily Wire interact, I mean, we are technically competitors. But there is beyond, for the most part, friendly um strategic partnerships, alliances between the two companies. It's not like we're not competing with each other like Coke and Pepsi, I guess is what I would right. say. Okay. So, but you should know that, you know, and, and, and by the way, hey, I've got a movie coming out later this year. I'm in, I'm in no hurry to um, make enemies of people distributing movies, <clears throat> right? So there's no, from my perspective, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping they're successful. I don't want them to fail at this whatsoever. I I do think though, that it's a good, it's a well done and good movie. I'm a little surprised that a mainstream studio or distributor would not distribute this movie other than a few of the noteworthy, but largely subtle references to our themes that as in the movie, the rest of it is a pretty, is a pretty typical mama bear, you know, uh version of a death wish story sticking up for her babies that I would think a lot of mainstream Hollywood studios would be okay with. But they 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 do make it clear that they want they're they're doing this. And the next movie they have is the Gino Carano film that comes out later this year. They're doing this in order to wage culture war. Okay. So the movie is very well done. I'm not surprised that it ranks high on Rotten Tomatoes. It is very well paced. It's well written. It's well done. I was a little frustrated at times that I didn't think the mom was necessarily doing everything she could in the closet to get out of it. Okay, But, you know, that's just my anxiety kicking in. Overall, it's a well-done film. So to me, I think there's two stories here. Number one is the movie Good. And as a product, I do think the movie is good. Okay? And, And that's why you even have critics who would normally probably look to dunk on something produced by Daily Wire, even ranking it very high over on Rotten Tomatoes. So if you want to see a good movie, this is a good movie. Okay? The other question then becomes... What does it do in terms of staking out territory in the culture war? And maybe just going with a mainstream looking Hollywood film that does give subtle but noteworthy nods to our belief system, maybe that's good enough. Maybe they don't, it doesn't have to be intentional. Like our movie will be intentional when it comes out later this year. When it comes out later this year, it will not be subtle. You will know what direction it's coming from, although it's being presented from the perspective of a demon, but it is intentionally attempt- going there from a subject matter standpoint. So let me stop there so I don't take all of you guys' time because we've not had a chance to talk about this, the three of us, in depth, and I am genuinely interested in your thoughts as I'm sure the audience is. So Todd, I'll let you begin.
0: Well, the uh, imagery is not subtle uh they they very much uh the the, the apple the fruit good or bad it's uh that is then specifically referenced right. in scripture right. in a moment of doubt and darkness there are actual crucified hands so it very very much wants to uh put that on top of this movie uh but at the end it's less obvious uh this this woman had already gone uh uh, through uh rehab uh semi-successfully and uh that is set up clear right at the beginning so where where she comes at the end and surviving the melee that happens in this movie it's again it's the good fruit bad fruit thing but it's, it's 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 it was much more subtle than i expected it Uh, to be and much of the effect of faith on our life is that we need to have eyes to see and ears to hear. it's not always a great great parting of the seas i think there was simply a restlessness with this character even though reformed from drugs not reformed from her past and the demons that haunted her and there simply seemed to be a deliverance from that as much as uh her the two uh Nasty men in her life. And at the end, it just meant to say there is there is peace and there is good fruit because you are surrounding themselves by good trees. So I, I, it was very subtle. I think what you're supposed to take away from it, considering how in your face a lot of the movie was.
2: OK, um, I'll start with the things that I liked. I thought the uh, the camera work uh, that was you know yeah. an a a plus yeah I thought the dialogue and the script the the writing that was like an a or a minus um I thought the acting was at the very least at the very least she's a very B plus good. but I thought her in particular yeah she's at least an a yeah um and the little you know the little girl to her daughter she was actually pretty good um uh, a pretty good cast uh as well because it's it's difficult to get little children that small to play their roles convincingly but um, those are the things that I liked uh, overall um, I, I would agree it's a good movie objectively and I thought it was a good movie I don't know if I've seen a movie maybe it was just because I was tired and I'm wanting to go but I, I don't remember the last time I watched a movie that I enjoyed less than that movie um, not thinking that it's bad It's just intense. It is really, really raw and really, really intense. It's not necessarily a good old time at the movies necessarily. So uh, there is that. And there were a lot of, um, as I was thinking through it last night before I went, uh, actually did go to bed. um, There are uh, several, I'm not sure, I'm not sure if they're on the nose or not, but I think there were more on the nose references, allegorical references in there. Um, that were kind of fun to pick up on and were kind of cool how they tried to to work that in there. My main complaint about the entire movie, though. Ending. I'm not going to get into the ending. The very end is completely unbelievable. Um, it's 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 what? Oh, OK, I mean, I'm glad, I guess. But it was just kind of jarring compared to the rest of the of the rest of the film. <laughs>
1: You're right in that it's a well done movie. It's not necessarily enjoyable. I mean, my anxiety levels as she's stuck in that closet, and I'm like looking around, I'm doing the whole talking to the screen during a horror movie thing, you know? Okay. Don't go in there. Yeah. I'm like, grab the glass jar on the shelf. Break the glass. Use it to cut the door. I mean, use every piece of raw material you have. Why are you trying to dig through the floor? That's the longest way out of there. Right? I mean, I was doing all of that stuff through the course of the movie. So I agree that even though it's well done and very intense, it is not the most enjoyable film at times. All right. So that brings us, I think to the larger question we'll get to after we tell people about Omega XL, you know, you got 360 joints in your body from your neck to your feet. uh, And these are places that uh, are necessary and vital to movement and staying active, but also therefore that's where inflammation loves to creep in to stop you from doing those things, and and produces that chronic pain, that stiffness, achiness, soreness that you just can't get by, can't get by, can't get, can't get over. That's why you're looking for an all natural anti-inflammatory from our friends over at Omega XL, backed by over two decades of clinical research and the last couple of years of me using it on a day-to-day basis, so I can personally testify to its effectiveness. All right, get started with Omega XL for your chronic pain and inflammation today. And they'll offer you buy one, get one free when you go to OmegaXL.com slash Steve. That's OmegaXL.com slash Steve or give them a call 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. So in terms of this as a means of taking back ground from a culture war standpoint, does not matter... If the film looks and sounds like a mainstream Hollywood film, but com- but does contain subtle yet noticeable nods, affirmative nods, to our values, does it need to be more, in- like this, that's how I would categorize this film, does it need to be more intentional, like my film will be when it comes out, or... Is this a little bit like, you know, questions I used to get when we were first launching this show at trade shows? Hey, are you a Christian show? Are you a conservative show? And how would I always come back? Is it a good show? All right. Uh-huh. Meaning that if, if, if it's more subtle, the nods to our values are more subtle and shut in, but it's a well-made movie. That's fine. If it's more obvious and intentional as it is in Nefarious, and it turns out Nefarious is a good movie. That's fine. Focus first on craftsmanship, making good movies. And not necessarily infusing the ratio of infusion, infusing your message into them. Which do you think it is?
0: I think you need inescapable conclusions, ones that you can certainly choose to reject, uh, and and they can't come across as ham-handed. But it needs to be more in your direction. Like I said, this was just there was some great imagery throughout. That's you're, you're thinking, and where's this going to lead? And I'm trying to connect the dots. And at the end, I'm not sure you are certain what you're supposed to take away from this spiritually to reject or accept. I, I think I might've got it, but I don't think you want to leave that as much of a question for people in this day and age. You want to be it inescapable.
1: Okay. Um, you don't I, think this is just one second. You don't think they closed the mm-hmm. loop basically. Those things are, elements are presented there but it's not clear to you that they were vital in her redemption or her re- her recovery I should say. And so that th- that loop was not closed in your in your mind. is what you thought.
0: I'm not even sure if I have right what they wanted to say.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. All right.
2: I yeah, I left I left the movie kind of wondering as far as the plot goes what what exactly the overall point of that was and maybe maybe there wasn't a point. This is just a story of a mom getting out of, um, and you know, a mother's and there's love. there's nothing more to it than that. Yeah. And there's yeah. nothing more to it than that, um, which is fine. But, you know, I, I think it's a both and thing. Um, you got to have good craftsmanship. You, you have to have that. Um, but I think at the end of the day, what Todd is saying is probably the most, the most important thing. It uh, reminds me just very, very quickly kyle dunnigan this comedian that i introduced you to i think it was last week he does this youtube show and the dude has like negative five production value in five minutes i was laughing more on that show than i'm sure i would laugh at all five (laughs) uh, network late night shows combined that's what i'm talking about the content is always going to be king regardless of the production value though you do want that to be as high as possible
1: I think all of us, though, want this to be extremely successful. Yes, yes. Because we all agree on uh, affirmatively this is ground in some way, shape, or form we should be trying to retake as a movement, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Or at least staking out some ground somewhere in these platforms as a movement. So we absolutely want to see it be successful. This is not, take it from somebody who is in the process of making his own movie, this is not an inexpensive exercise, okay? So um, this is taking severe investment on their part. And, you know, I don't work there, so I mean, I have no idea, you know, I can't quantify whether they're seeing the requisite response that they had hoped for from their, from, you know, from their audience on the other end, but we absolutely want to see it be successful, for sure. And it doesn't hurt. I mean, if the goal is you want to show you guys are legitimately going to make movies, Hey man, you got a movie that's trending as high as this one is on Rotten Tomatoes that may expand the, the list of people that might be willing to do business with you in the future if they think you're serious mm-hmm. about good content, right? That'll do it for today's show. We're back Monday, gone for the rest of the week on vacation. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.